everyone, and welcome to another episode of Then Again, the podcast of the Northeast Georgia History Center. My name is Leslie Jones, and I'm the Director of Archives and Curation, and today I am here with two of our amazing staff to talk about Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead. So let's introduce our two guests. Hi, I'm Guada Rodriguez. I'm the media producer here at the History Center. And I am Diana Mancilla. I am the program manager for Ginsburg Leeds. So first I thought I would talk to you two a bit about the history of the day, just because it's so interesting. So let's go back about 3,000 years. Long time. So the Aztecs and the Nahua believed if someone passed away, they would go to Chicuana Mictlan. Here the spirit would face nine different challenges before reaching their final resting place at Mictlan. It took four years for a spirit to get there. Could you imagine nine levels? What, what kind of challenges do you think they had? Because that just sounds crazy. Why would it take four years? Well, I'm pretty sure there are challenges challenging your spirit for sure. And you're going through a journey. I feel like there will be rivers involved, mm-hmm. mountains involved, and some sort of pain. You know, you're kind of like going through this bridge of, not being mortal to to another level of in the Aztec culture is considered kind of like immortality in a way mm-hmm. it's on it's another journey of its own can I okay I'm gonna rephrase that okay <laughs> it's not immortality I can't use that word more like a spirituality maybe your yes. spirit has to wander around and go through stages and maybe come to a peaceful time with it and that could be when you reach your fourth level. I definitely think that there that there were challenges in that journey and that you had you had the opportunity if you if you were friends with an animal, for example, like a dog, mm-hmm. and that was your companion, your life companion, it was common practice for the dog to be buried with the person and accompany them in their Aww. afterlife journey to meet those challenges with that person and like I said, there would probably be water, rivers, obstacles for you to cross to pass those levels. I honestly didn't think of physical levels. I don't know what I was thinking, because if you're passed away, why would you have something physical? So I think that's where I got confused there. In the Aztec culture, the loved ones would bring food, water, and various supplies to the physical resting place. And that was the basis of ofrendas. So I wanted to talk about ofrendas for Day of the Dead. Um, what kind of things do you remember from your childhood or, or stuff you do today? When it comes to ofrendas, I think water, again, is very important to leave your, either your friend or the relative that has passed away in your life, leave them water so that they don't, they're not thirsty during that journey. Because again, like you said, it's four years, it's a long journey mm-hmm. and there are so many obstacles but also their favorite food and drinks. In your experience, I uh, in my experience is a little bit different. Um, we ex- I, when I was back in Mexico, we used to be seeing a friend as a religious practice. So I guess I'm um, older, all ge- uh, not older generation, but maybe more of a actually modern generation, because it's not with the intention of the four levels of where your spirit is, it was more like uh, with the intention of that's the day 
when the people that you love, they come and visit you. They come for that one night. And of course, if your grandpa is the one that is visiting you, you want to have everything that he loved because he will come, his spirit will come and visit you overnight and eat and enjoy the things that he used to when he was in life. Like, it's coming to see, I don't know if this is appropriate to say, but it's coming to see tequila, <laughs> mezcal, pan de muerto, mole, arroz de leche. You can even see tacos if you want to. And these things are like you do an offering at your house. And then you also, on the day of the death, you go to the cemetery and take the same things to the tomb of the person that it was gone, but it will come and visit you that day. So for my experience when I was little, that's what it was. You make an, an ofrenda for them to come and visit you and spend that one night or overnight in harmony with you, with the people that they left behind. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, that's our job, the people that is behind, to provide those things that they enjoy. And for the love of God, do not try to touch the food if you're a little kid, because your tias will get you. La chancla will get you. Um, la chancla is like, you will be reprehended. Let's just put it that way. And for me, for my experience when I was little, it was more like that. We, I don't remember, I know the history of it, because when I was older, I got to the history, but when... It was at my house. It was never approached to, this is what the Aztecs were doing, and I celebrate that. No, it was more like, this is a religious practice. We believe that they come, just like how the Aztecs believe to take offerings to their gods. Mm -hmm. So if we go back, back in history, that's how it was my experience. Like, we come from these people that is believing in offering something good for the people that they love or the people that they believe in, right? Mm -hmm. And... And the Aztec past, it was like they believed the gods provided everything, right? So they will take offerings to their gods, uh, their gods. So within the religious practice of my house, it was like, well, grandpa's coming, your tia so-and-so is coming. So it's it's very common to see different fruits or different foods within the same offering because you can't have an altar for your Grandpa, your cousin, your best friend's best friend, uh, everybody's welcome, right? And mm -hmm. then you, you can have an altar at your house with all of this full of fruit, full of things that they love, but also taking them to the cemetery if that's possible, if they are where you are. You know, like I remember aunt, my aunts coming from other towns and in other states just for that one night to be with the family and to Aww. go to the cemetery. That's very beautiful. That sounds so uh -huh. nice. Yes, and then of course my tia, the commander in chief, <laughs> she would she will have an altar uh, at her house. But then also when my other aunts came around, we will go to the cemetery on that night, and we will all have. And even though it sounds kind of like what are we doing at the cemetery? It was in a different perspective. It was like we are honoring the loved ones and we are spiritually, spiritual. Well, we're, we're together in spirit. I don't know how to yeah. say it, uh, probably it, but it was our spirits trying to join the person that is no longer here physically, mm -hmm. but that night comes and visits us. Like it can be babies, it can be adults, it can be elderly people. That was my experience. And I promise you, if you try to eat something when you're little, I'm telling you for a reason, your aunt will get you. Your tia will get you. I, I know I tried the arroz con leche from my grandpa, and it didn't work out for me well. 
So I, I actually was looking, and it said that Day of the Dead is kind of three different celebrations. Where at midnight one day is Dia de los Angelitos, and then the next day is Dia de los Difuentos, and Difuentos. then it's Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, los Muertos. Did you celebrate all three, or would you only celebrate the the last one, the big one, or? What I what I experienced growing up is it depends on what region do mm-hmm. you live in. Um, especially I'm from Mexico and Mexico like, um, we did like the older people and then we did El Dia de los Angelitos because they are babies mm-hmm. and they were pure. Um, they would just come in straight in ah, with their spirit and then go straight in go to heaven. Oh. Does it make sense? They're yes. peers. That's the reason why they're called angelitos, little angels, mm-hmm. right? So, but it's the same meaning. It's the same offering, the same, it involved lighting candles, putting uh, the flower of Sempasuchi to guide them to where to come. Mm-hmm. It's the same, it's, everything is the same, it's just you do something special for the babies, like, they're babies, they're, they're straight up angels. Right. So then you do something for them, and then you, we did elderly people too. But I do know that in the South, especially in Mexico and South, and especially closer to Guatemala and all that, they mm-hmm. do have three days, and they have even like a festival, like on that region, all the way at the bottom of Mexico. But it was not something that it was done within the part where I grew up in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So. It definitely experience more of whatever your region you're living in or the traditions, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we do have local traditions, right, and they modify to your local community. Right. Same thing here. So and my community was just like you can do them all at once, but like, for example, my tias love to do something special for the, for the babies mm-hmm. because, they, because of what I just said. Yeah. The babies are pure. Right. So then they we did something for the babies. If there was babies in the family, they um they were not with us anymore. And then something for the elder people. What but. about you, Gona? Did you celebrate three, or did you kind of do all of them together? I think it was more all of them together. So my family would usually we wouldn't do it together. Mm-hmm. My family was kind of dispersed. For the most part, I grew up seeing. The cousins of my dad and seeing them as my uncles not really my cousin like my cousins I would just call them Theo and Thea so we would either get together as a family have a meal bring music or we'd go to a place where we knew that was an event was going to be hosted mm-hmm. and I grew up Catholic so a ceremony was always involved and and I don't actually recall my mom having an altar, an altar, to, to be honest. I grew up seeing my neighbors having those in their homes, mm-hmm. uh, but they were also from Mexico. And they'd always have pictures of their relatives, and they'd always keep a cup, a glass full of water, and always have a candle lit for them. Uh, and all day, every day? All day, all night. Oh, wow. Yes. yes. Very important to keep a candle lit because it's, in a way, enlightening them, mm-hmm. right? And you don't want to keep them in the darkness, um, especially not if they're coming to visit you. And I love that Diana brought up the don't eat the food <laughs> because it was such a serious thing. You could really get in trouble for that. And, you know, more, it was kind of scary, too. You know, the, the older people would, would scare me, and so I, I would just keep hands off. <laughs> but... Also, another thing that 
Adiana reminded me of was what do you take with you when you go to the cemetery to visit your, the people that are that have passed away? And I had cousins that would oftentimes bring music, what we call like the region that my family is from Mexico is the northern part. So banda is really, really big there. It's really popular and it's it's pretty much very loud music, drums, forgot the other instrument. But it's there are no lyrics really, it's just rhythm. Rhythm. Think about a school band, but Think. with a country song. Yes. <laughs> yes. That sounds interesting. And it's very loud. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that, you know, if if you're a bit far, you can hear it. And I think that just kind of shows the passion. You know, it's just you you want to be in that rhythm and kind of feel like that closure with your relative or mm-hmm. friend who has passed away as much as you can. I like that. <laughs> it's in a way it's to honor what honor them and to keep their things that they like closer for them and how you make that possible and you're the only one that can make it possible because you're mm-hmm. the one that is left behind. It yes. makes sense. Mm-hmm. They come in to visit you, but what are you like bringing to their spirit, right? Because they're yeah. coming to you, so it's kind of like... They made the effort. Yeah, I mean, hello. <laughs> I don't know I was on the other side, but it's, <laughs> you know, like it's... They come and the goal is to, come, to be there, to have their things that they like, like... How one says, if they like banda, you have them banda. If they like the tequila, then you give them the tequila. <laughs> if they like oranges, then you give them oranges. Mm-hmm. And things like that. So it's it's just more of a mix between religion, you, what you want to give to your family, like preference, definitely like the local culture influencing on it too. It's it's just everything take takes. It's a big huge puzzle that everybody plays like a little piece of it Mm -hmm. Uh, it comes down to what you want to give what are you willing to do or what you believe in and like what I was saying we sometimes uh, people before that and before the afternoon they will go and have a mass right and then you all the family will go and things like that I think that also comes into the Spanish side of it and how they celebrated All Souls Day and it's kind of a combination of the Spanish and the Aztec religion, would you agree? Absolutely. I definitely think it's a hybrid result Mm -hmm. of the blend and leaving to cultures during colonization times and how, like, we as an Aztec community, we wanted to still hold on to our beliefs. And then, but also they were taught other things that also were some people completely adjusted to as you know like we know that they were forced within colonization but then after colonization they also kind of start believing in those things too so that's the result of the two practices that they were doing right mm-hmm. because when catholicism was forced they were still practicing their own rituals even you know behind the catholics uh church back you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of like that idea of what it happens when we mix two worlds and definitely the hybrid result of the Spanish influence in the Spanish communion with definitely the indigenous people. I thought something that was interesting that the Spanish did that I, I don't know if, if Mexico does, but they would bring the nicest linens they had and that was for them to take back with them after they visited you. 
Well, we do certainly do. I don't know in your case, whatever, but we do certainly, like I said, like an altar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it. everything has to be fresh, the best of the best, clean, not touched by the kids, because the kids <laughs> don't know, but the DS will, will inform them. The best flowers, like what I was saying, like for her, water was very, like you had to have it in there. Like the candle has to be light up. Mm-hmm. It has to be with an excellence. You're treating the spirit of your loved one. So yeah. does it make sense? Mm-hmm. It's So we do have within our culture, papel picado, which is the uh, figures that you make with that. Yeah, I was going to talk to you guys paper? about what that. It's like tissue paper. It's actually. like tissue yeah. paper. And then some, some families do it as a family. Some other people will buy them or whatever, but it's like, do That's, you make specific shapes out of it or specific colors? Is there like a, a specific way to do it or is it just however your family does it? I, I don't think there is a specific way. Yeah? I, I, I think it's just symbolic, really. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you just choose what you want to cut out. Again, I'm only speaking from my experience. From right. my experience. Yeah. And I... I never learned about a special way of cutting it. Mm-hmm. It just kind of symbolizes the the tenderness that life is. You know, it's very delicate, like the tissue paper, but also it's beautiful. It, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is really yes. pretty. Yes. Whenever I see it. Yes. I mean, as, uh, it's one of the things that, you know, like you said, it. Spaniards believe linen was amazing. Like, I believe like I love papel picado like I think it's beautiful so it's whatever you know in the house is you if you cre- if you make an altar the altar is spotless mm-hmm. and like I said before and I'll keep saying <laughs> the ts won't let you not be spotless right so it's kind of like you best will you give the best just the best to that person and if that person is the best for them is arroz con leche. Mm-hmm. They will get the best arroz con leche that your tia will make just for them, and they will keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, you offer the best you have, and and it's beautiful. And it, I don't know if you have done it, but like or seen it in real life. But when when you see one, it's like oh my god! You all that you think is all about the work that it went in through mm-hmm. to that altar. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw your neighbors, whether. Like in, you know, Mexico, my aunts make them, you know, they make the whole altar. It's, 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 it's quite a uh, work <laughs> and you have to be creative too. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. like Wanda said, you need to know where to put the picture, where to put the food. So that person knows that that's for them. Yeah. The constant maintenance is what is amazing to me. They're also very rich in color. If you yeah. see rich them, in color, I was going to say vibrant. Very, yes. Very vibrant. Do the colors have certain meanings? Not no. specifically, uh, you with you you see a lot of orange, but I think it's the fact that it's because the floor of the Sempasuchi is mm-hmm. the one that is guiding the spirits, but it just happens to be, not that I know of, I might be clueless, but what I know is that it's, that's the floor, and that's the flower that guides the spirits, mm-hmm. and the flower is orange. <laughs> so, And then papel picado has always been bright. Yes. And if you see all our colors, especially in my culture, Mexico, I mean, we just like vibrant. Yes. You see our folklore suits for folklore dances. They are vibrant. They do. They're colorful. It's mm-hmm. just life, I guess, life 
Something I thought was really interesting is when I think of Day of the Dead, just because of the stereotype with white people, American culture, is that there was always parades. But I, what I was reading is that they didn't have parades for Day of the Dead in Mexico City until 2016. I haven't been in, in Mexico for a Day of the Dead in a long time. But with my region where I am from, we didn't have parades at all. It was all more about religious touch. It was more about like 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 I said, that meaningful like communication yeah. with the spirit and uh, more of a religion belief. Um, I do know that in the south, and the only reason I keep mentioning the south is because I remember when I was little, I went to visit one of my friends in the south, like borderline with Guatemala, and they did have the three days. So I I happened to be for me that I visited my one of my best friends in Mexico to where she was visiting her grandma, and they were doing it was one of the three days, which of course I was excused because I could still have time to go back to my family to celebrate on my real day, <laughs> like the one day that we did. So then when I went, I experienced in her town, they were doing a parade. But I haven't been in Mexico, and I don't want to speak from without knowing for sure mm-hmm. or giving mis- uh, misinforming people. I didn't have that knowledge. And in, I know in my hometown, we still don't have parades because it's more of a, if you're Catholic, it's more like a bit their religious belief. Yeah, it's not supposed to be a spectacle. Right. Yes, yeah. pretty much. That That's within my my region. I'm from um, kind of like southwest a little bit of Mexico. I'm from Guerrero. That's the state. that, And I do know that in my region, or at least our city, we do not. We still don't have rights. So you're I from know. the north and you're from the south. <laughs> How about that? So yeah. see, we see the things differently. Yes. Why that needed water? <laughs> she better not touch that water. So do you know why the they started doing parades in Mexico? Because James Bond came out with a movie called Spectre in 2015 where they had a parade in Mexico City for Day of the Dead. So then they just started doing it. How crazy is that? It's shocking <laughs> that a movie would influence uh, a whole you right? know, event that has taken place way before the movie took place. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's changed the course of, of Day of the Dead in certain regions in Mexico. Well, yeah, I'll have to do a little research on that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I just, I mean, we have seen changes and. Day of the Death, that's one of them. Like you adapt through as you go within communities and we evolve. But I, I'm just not aware of anything. So I'm just don't want to miseducate people. <laughs> well, I would agree with you. Well, not not agreeing, but just saying that the region that my family's from, Mexico, there are also no graves that take place. Yes. It's also More a very religious event and a very respectful event. Yes. So because you're these are people that lived once, right? So you, you're honoring the life that they had, but also the fact that they have passed on, yeah. you know, it, it's it's not seen as a bad thing for them to be dead. And it's 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 a celebration, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't know if they do this in the region that you're from, but when someone passes away in Durango, Durango, they would they will host what would look like a party for an outsider. So we'll have a big meal together. Yes. We'll bring music. There, you know, it's a very social, lively event. Um, but 
if you're an outsider, you might think that's just a party. In a way, it is, you know, honoring the person who just passed away, honoring the life, their legacy, but also they're, they're passing on onto this, you know, whole new journey, and mm -hmm. we want to celebrate that for them. They also do that. Um, well, what, it depends, I would say, from where I am from, it usually, uh, it usually comes down to what kind of faith do you have, right? So if you are Catholic, it comes down to, yes, you do have what it's... When you pass away, then you do have the velación. That's how it's called. And then they are honoring your body for like a whole night. Everybody stays away the whole night. Everybody gets dinner. Everybody gets coffee. And everybody shares things about you and your life and things like that. And... Then usually the next day, they will stay all day going, and in the afternoon, they will bury the body. So mm -hmm. it's to me, I guess, it's, it's according to the faith and the belief that you have grown, especially for Catholic, that's that's what the beliefs in, are where I am from. You, it's called velas el difunto. You, you kind of like mourn and celebrate and honor that person who passed away mm -hmm. for like overnight and then you you are there for the family to give them support like you push through the whole night and you are there for them and you are there to celebrate and honor it's a very respectful way of seeing it it does sound like it yes and then the next day you stay with the family and then you come you accompany the family the whole family the whole town is going to the cemetery oh wow to bury this person uh, if you catholic you might have a mass right before they, they're burying you. And then the whole town, it's, you know, the bells of the church, like they're going up, like the whole town is going with you through that moment. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that. So I don't see a parade coming soon for the day of the death <laughs> to my town. Call, call them old school or something. But it's that's what it is in my hometown. Of course, if not of a Catholic belief, that plays a completely different sex, uh, role, right? It's because it is more like a religious belief based off what you believes and traditions are within your family, mm -hmm. pretty much. I was thinking because you know how Cinco de Mayo is that American, basically a white holiday, not a, a Mexican holiday. Do you do you feel any certain way about how Americans celebrate Day of the Dead and they're obsessed with sugar skulls but don't actually know anything about it? Or do, does it bother you? Or I haven't really had a second thought about it because to me, it's every person that is trying to celebrate something, I usually, what I find myself doing, it's more like educating that person. If I found a person that is, I love people who wants to love my culture. And I, I look, if they, if they tell me hola, that's it. You open the door for me to, to tell you about my culture. I love my culture. I'm proud of my culture in any meaning way. Like with Cinco de Mayo, when they tell me it's my independence, I'm like, nope. Let me teach you. Let me <laughs> let me teach. Thank you for celebrating. But actually, that's rooted in the Chicano movement here in the United States. Well, that's something a lot you do in your classroom, right? Yes, I do that. Yes, a lot in my classrooms. And and just to be clear, it is a holiday in Mexico, and we do celebrate Cinco de Mayo, La Batalla de Puebla. It's a big thing. It's huge. It, however, it's just not our independence. That's the only thing. Just for the record and off track here. 
But if it happens with the Dia de los Muertos, I love, like if somebody's trying to honor my culture and, or to be part of my culture, I love that part. And if if they are trying to, they want to know. So basically, if they are if they are not if they are not understanding it or they are understanding it different, my responsibility as a proud Mexican culture person is oh I feel that way that it's just to like tell people you know like mm-hmm. well it's great that you're doing it this way but let me tell you how we do it does it make sense mm-hmm. because it's just we don't know until we know. And uh, and if you it doesn't bother me actually kind of like I feel honored that they want to be part of something and if they want to be part of something I would love for them to be part of something like they knowing about it and it I is, do always appreciate that with you is I ask you so many questions but you're always so nice about it and you always um, want to help out. Well, like Hamica. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Hamica. Diane even brought me some. Oh, that's my yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, you should talk to it Wada about atoles <laughs> and, the, and the role that they play in, in, in the ofrenda. But I'm just like saying, um, no, I mean, I just think it's awesome some, when somebody's open to, to celebrate and to honor something else. But and, and that's a good start. That That's where people start. So like when I came here, mm-hmm. I didn't know nothing about a culture in here in the community, right? Didn't, so, didn't you say something about how Santa was just so weird to you? Like, absolutely. Just seeing a, a fat old guy. <laughs> I mean, see, yeah, we go back again. Like we, we didn't, we, I didn't celebrate Christmas that way, but, but you know, but I was taught, mm-hmm. and now I understand it, and I get it, and it's wonderful. Now we have two things to celebrate, right? So, but it's if someone is willing to honor my culture, to be part of the culture is amazing. And I love that. And I'm thankful for that. And if they give me two minutes, maybe five, <laughs> I will I will guide them. And, and it's amazing. I mean, people always want to be part of something. Why not? I would definitely agree with Diana. Um, but also, it's a really good question that I haven't, I've never asked myself. Uh, for the most part, I'm pretty neutral. Mm-hmm. So I would I wouldn't get offended, you know, but I would also want to take the time to at least have a conversation. I think that's where, you know, you get to know, you get to learn from another person and Mm -hmm. other person gets to learn from you. So I I would definitely agree with the way Diana worded. I always appreciate that whenever I have 5,000 questions, you, you both and Ruth always answer and are always so nice about it, especially when I butcher words. Well, it's fun because you're curious, you <laughs> yeah. know, and you want to know things. And, and I also love that I can go to you mm-hmm. for things that I don't know about and ask you all these questions. And you, yeah. you welcome my questions. I do. <laughs> I, I always appreciate people who love to learn. Yes. And we're in the best place for that. <laughs> well, yes. All right. Before we go, I really need to ask you about Atole because it sounds disgusting. <laughs> Atole. It's honestly... <laughs> It's you get the most warm feeling when you take a sip of atole. So it's warm. It's warm. It's warm chocolate and corn in a drink. It has hints of cinnamon. Well, that's um, good. Milk, and it's got a thick texture to it. Mm-hmm. But imagine, you know, sweet cornbread. I, I don't know if you've ever eaten that with honey. 
um, I'm not comparing the taste, mm -hmm. but just that, you know, corn can be sweet and it can taste, you can take it either to different degrees, right? Salty That's or true. spicier. Um, so atole is, it's not going to taste like pure corn. It has like these chocolatey layers to it and milk layers. And it's, um, it's a warm drink for the season that is coming up, which is winter and, mm -hmm. you know, fall and the cold. So you, so you don't just drink it for Dia de los Muertos. You drink it uh, anytime in the, the winter months. At least in my family, yes. Yeah. My mom will make it usually in the winter months and we'll eat it with sweet bread, you know, um, pan dulce or pan de muerto or even on Christmas, pan de rey. <laughs> That sounds nice. I guess that's that's it. Thank you so much for talking to me about it. I, I love learning about this stuff and, and learning about other cultures. And I hope everyone else that listens enjoyed learning about other cultures as well. Then Again is a production of the Northeast Georgia History Center in Gainesville, Georgia. Our podcast is edited by Andrews Gilles. Our digital and on-site programs are made possible by the Ada May Iyster Education Center. Please join us next week for another episode of Then Again. <laughs>